1: The Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: Well, we're back on the show live for another edition of Fantasy Sports Today as we close out the week here on Friday, July 12th. We've got a big show ahead of us today. We'll talk nationals with Byron Kerr. We'll also mix in a little college football with John Lobb as the college football season is one month away, NFL a couple of months away. We'll get to it all, including the return of the second half of Major League Baseball. And our show starts now.
3: I'd like to talk a little bit about sports.
0: Fantasy sports today. Well
4: hit, down the left to line. Way back in.
5: Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Touchdown! For three.
2: The Hawk, Andre Dahl, Christian Yelich was not nearly the player that he is in Milwaukee. Uh, You know, he's excited about being where he is, and he's just taking his game to a different level. It was made note that his
5: swing had increased, in a sense, velocity-wise. I mean, his, his quickness to the zone.
2: Andrew Lamont, your favorite player. Trevor Bauer. Fantasy this year, Trevor Bauer has been part of a lot of trade discussions.
1: Chances are pretty good that he does get traded, so I can only just say that I hope he goes to the Braves or the Padres. I would love to to see Trevor Bauer... Pitch for a team like San Diego. On the Mets next. Time. The Braves. <laughs> right now, it's so frustrating to watch because they have no run support. They're committing errors all the time. Yeah. You know, their best hitter, Jose Ramirez, is just nowhere to be found, and That's so true. it's very frustrating.
2: Michael Elias is with us, executive vice president, general manager of the Orioles. Adley Rutschman. Was it an easy selection for you taking him? It? it wasn't that easy because we had a bunch of good choices this year. With Adley, you know, for
5: us, it really came down to his bat, um, switch hitting, power, plus hit from both sides, and the makeup. And then the catching was really an nice on the cake thing. So um, once we kind of settled in on him as our favorite bat in draft, it became pretty simple.
2: All right, welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish here with you on Friday. It is July 12, 2019. It's great to be with you as we close out another week of the show. As we get closer to football, we kind of put the NBA trade discussion in the back burner. And then, of course, we discuss the second half of the fantasy baseball season. It is here, and I am happy to be back in South Florida. I had a fun time visiting New York for a few days and being in the FNTSY studios, but that is uh, behind us now for the next couple days. I'll be back, uh, I think, sometime January or December, or if not, it'll be definitely during uh, the spring training season. But good to see everybody there for sure. And it is great to be here with you on the show as we get to remind people that there's still a lot of fantasy to play in baseball. Why? It is amazing to me, all of the people and the texts that I'm getting, and they're asking me questions like, for example, Craig, your show here on Fantasy Sports Today, what's going to happen to it? Like, uh, what's the deal? Are you are you are you going to football? Of course, we are not going to football yet. We are right here. I gotta help you guys win in fantasy, and uh, we're gonna continue to do that throughout the month of July. Look, there's a lot of time that we have to go until football season starts. So for the majority of these shows, we're gonna break down everything that's going on, all the pitching matchups, all the hitting matchups, DFS season long, whatever you play, and we will do that. And for the first time since we started the show back in June, so we're going on a little bit over a month, and I promised that when we were a month out, then I would start to talk a little bit of college football. And so that's what I want to do here on the show today. Now, look, I'll, I'll tell you the truth here. A lot of you probably don't have a strong interest in playing college football fantasy yet, but you will. And the big difference between, as an example where I live... And where the FNTSY studios are is that college football is huge in the South. And John Lobb is going to join us coming up in about 35 minutes from now. And we're going to go over some of the key players in college football this year. For those of you who are playing and you uh, follow John's work over at Fantrax, he does a great job. And so we'll get our first taste of that. We'll see who he likes better between Tua Tagalova. And, uh, and of course, uh, Clemson's quarterback. It, it is going to be a fun, fun season in college football. And I can't wait to go over it. And we'll do that all coming up at 1240 Eastern. So stay tuned to that. Of course, the second half of the baseball season begins tonight. I will be back in the ballpark tonight in South Florida. It'll be the Marlins and the Mets. I know for those of you who are listening, there's probably a lot of better games on the schedule for you to attend or watch. And I get it. But uh, we got to grind this thing out until the end of the season. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I believe the GM of the Mets, Brody Van Wagenen, is going to talk today for the first time in months. So I'll have a chance to hear that. The Marlins have uh, signed their first-round pick, so we'll knock out that as well. And then, of course, throughout the show, what we'll do is we'll give a little bit of a preview or a primer of what you can expect in the second half of the season. And, and look, the one thing that happens is we go through this time off we go through this break we're watching the all-star game watching the home run derby and then the, those players tend to be in your mind's eye because you just saw Vlad and you saw Jock Peterson and you, and you saw the all-star game and that just because we haven't had any live baseball in a week except for last night most people right now are focused on those guys but you cannot do that do not fall victim to fo- to just focusing in on the players that you saw the last two days we cannot do that So I will give you some of my under-the-radar guys for the second half, my over-the-radar guys for the second half, and we'll get into that discussion as well. Of course, we will have our three-up, three-down segment, and the biggest story in sports yesterday, of course, was the trade of Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets. They get back Chris Paul. It has been arguably the wildest NBA off season that we've ever seen in history so i'm not going to sit here and just ignore that thing we got to get into that as well of course throughout the show we'll take your phone calls at 844-843-6879 you can hear the show on demand on itunes or stitcher audioboom.com a great way to listen to our show if you're listening live and for example you got to get back back to work or you got to you can't really listen to the entire two hours I got to tell you, it is hard for me to listen to an entire two hours of a show. So I totally get where you're coming from. But when you're getting ready for bed tonight or you're just sitting in the car and you pop those earbuds in, you can listen on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week, iTunes, FantasySportsNetwork.com, wherever you hear podcasts, you can listen to this show. Coming up next, time for a little three-up, three-down. And then I'll give you some of my potential sleepers for the second half. I'll also give you some rankings in fantasy baseball the second half of the season as well. Craig Mish with you here on Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Don't go away.
6: Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World number 1. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course.
0: What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs.
2: when working at a growing business you wear many hats the new business hat the buying toner for the copy machine hat the sifting through tons of resumes hat you can throw away that last hat thanks to indeed.com when posting your job indeed lets you add screener questions that give you a less time consuming route to your short list of qualified candidates so go ahead dust off that extra long lunch hat Hiring's better when you've got your short list.
0: Save time on hiring when you post a job on Indeed. Get started today at
2: indeed.com slash hire.
0: fantasy sports today with craig mish now what goes up must come down
2: three up three down what does three up and three down mean to you
4: airman end of an inning
2: all right welcome back it's time for a little three up three down here on the show good afternoon everyone if you're listening on the east coast good morning everyone if you're listening on the west coast it is great to be back with you Fun time being in New York, but I got to tell you, after a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, that's about as much as I can stomach of of the craziness that is New. I can't believe that I once thought that I would live in the city a long time ago, and, I, and now I know after being there for an extended period of time, it is great to... Be there. It is fun, and it is always great to get back home. My wife, by the way, is still in New York. <laughs> going to stay a couple more days. So uh, I am back with you guys. The uh, show does not stop, as they say here, and so we will continue and uh, take you right up until uh, Fantasy Football Draft. Season. We'll keep going at that point. All right, let's get started, and the second half of the season uh, starts today. That's my first up. It is, it's always a good break, I think when when uh, when the all-star break comes and and I will say that I enjoy taking that time off from fantasy but here's the reality about it is that all of us who are playing this game we play it so intensely it is a little weird to not log on to your teams it's a little weird for me to not go to all the different apps draftkings fanduel mlb.com it it is weird it is weird but the good news is, is that's done and we could start doing that again. Now, there was a game last night, which I'll get to here in a second. But my first up is definitely starting up with the second half of the baseball season, of which I believe we have about 78 games or something like Maybe less than that, 75 games. And uh, and, I, and I can't wait to see what happens. And I got I to gotta cash in on one of these leagues that I'm playing in. It looks like of the four or five leagues that I'm in, I only have a shot in two of them. But if I'm if I'm hitting and winning in forty percent, then I think that I'll take it. So we will see head-to-head leagues. Make sure you get your lineup set. Uh, for those of you who are in only leagues, you still have today American League only league. Probably had to have your lineup set. So just keep those things in mind. So that's my first. We start up with the second half of the season. My second one is the NBA. Just doesn't stop with this madness, man. I. I It's like you can't put your phone down for a second. I feel like this is me at the baseball winter meetings, and I'm not even breaking any of these stories. And last night, yep, Adrian Wojnowski broke another one. It was Chris Paul being moved from the Houston Rockets to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yikes. And Russell Westbrook goes to Houston. And so at this point, I think, and again, I'm not the biggest basketball expert in the world. Uh, I I, I covered the heat here in South Florida. But honestly, I've moved a lot of my shifting over to baseball and football. But my opinion of this is it looks like Houston is playing for right now. As any team that would acquire 28-year-old Westbrook would, and a team that has Harden is playing for right now. And they probably should because Golden State looks vulnerable at this point. Even though they'll probably still be back in it, it ain't going to be the same with Durant gone. We know that and Klay Thompson out. But... Uh, Houston put themselves at least in the conversation. On the Oklahoma City side, it looks like with all of these draft picks that they are just planning to compete for the future, and I got to tell you, it seems like a pretty good plan. I am really interested to see how good Oklahoma City is in, let's say, five years from now. Now, I know that you may say that's a long time. We see this happen in baseball and football. It's usually a two- or three-year process. But the question that we're going to have is about the Oklahoma City Thunder, not this year or next year, will be when teams decide that they are done and when teams decide to rebuild in the NBA, is this the new model as to how it's done? We know how you do it in baseball. You play and you tank and you get that first pick over and over again. Maybe this is the new thing in the NBA. We've never seen a team in history have this many draft picks and have assembled such little talent. So basically, they could be all in on tank mode and securing first-round pick after first-round pick, and, and they don't even need to be like the Patriots who get them from everybody else. They're getting them from themselves, too. So I'm curious to see how that plays out for uh, Oklahoma City. The only question now, again, on the side of the, uh, of the Thunder is where do they try to send Chris Paul at his $40 million contract? I don't know. I don't know like would you would you take a Paul for free on another team I suppose there there's a way to get that figured out and I know Miami is still in the discussion of course because they tried to get Westbrook but this is when you when you're talking about paying a guy 40 million dollars that's probably a year or two away from not being himself anymore you're taking a huge risk but if if some team gets Paul in the east I would assume that that would boost them up too We'll know in the next week or two, I would guess. I I don't think Oklahoma City's now going to hold on to him for months. But has anybody really known? And by the way, when it comes to the NBA, here's here's another thing I find interesting. In baseball and football, doesn't it seem as though we have some where there's smoke, there's fire trades? Meaning that we hear things for like a week or two and then all of a sudden they happen. How do these things just pop out of nowhere? The NBA is so stealth. I'm glad I don't have to report on the NBA, man. I wouldn't break a story at all you got nothing. You couldn't even make a rumor into a fact. Well, that just came out of nowhere yesterday. In fact, I was on the plane flying from uh, from New York to Miami or South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, excuse me. All right, so that's my second up and three up, three down. My third one, and again, I'm never in favor of doing politics or arrests or things like that, but I got to say, speaking of where there's smoke, there's fire. Are Kelly being arrested. Man, somebody needed to stop this guy from doing what he's been doing, allegedly, for the past, what, 20, 30 years? I mean, aren't there enough stories about this guy and, and young girls going on and on again that that something needed to be done? And now the feds are involved here. And so let me kind of explain what that means. Uh, the feds don't lose. So uh, something negative will end up happening to R. Kelly. But more than anything, you just... You, you need to get sexual predators off the street, however possible. We can't have that going on. And the celebrity sometimes can put you in a position where you can take advantage of those sort of things. And unfortunately, uh, for these these poor young kids, uh, they didn't. You know, they, they see the celebrity and they, they just go for whatever the result is. And uh, R. Kelly was was arrested in New York yesterday, so that'll probably be the end of him for a while. But certainly, we'll see as I'm sure that there will be denials and we'll end up in court and all that. So those are uh, my ups for three up, three down. Let me give you the downs from yesterday and the day before, because I was not here yesterday. Uh, the second one, uh, the first one is the Bagel Boss stuff. My gosh, like I, the, the viral videos is if you didn't think that the Bagel Boss was. was I, I had never heard of it. I had never been there. But I would think that that is a good thing to get that kind of publicity. But on the flip side, do you really like like do you really want to be anywhere near that guy that was in there? And then it, it seems like the other part of it is is that this whole thing was contrived. Now, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't been paying any attention to the viral video that was posted with this guy going into. Uh, a bagel shop and just totally annihilating everybody verbally in the place. saying that they're calling him short and he can't get a date, but it just looks like he does this online everywhere. And, and unfortunately this is the state of affairs that we have in this country. You can become an internet superstar and immediately become in the mind's eye of everybody else. So the bagel boss stuff with the guy who was doing it, that's my first one. Uh, My second one was the Espies the Espies has just become look very powerful, moving stories, but really sad and 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 mellow, melodramatic. Like I feel like the SPs has become the movie The Notebook. A lot of really good uplifting stories, but super like a lot of crying stories too. Oof, they gotta you know pick up the uplifting part of it a little bit. Uh, and then my final one uh, on three up, three down is Alex Jacob. Now he's a Jeopardy champion. And he also won a game of HQ Trivia. But he's saying that that the game of HQ Trivia that he won, $20,000 of it, never got paid. So a bad look regardless for HQ Trivia. And that is our 3-Up, 3-Down segment for this Friday, July the 12th, 2019. When we come back, we'll play a little You Make the Call. We'll also tell you what pitcher picked up his 12th win in Major League Baseball last night in impressive fashion. And then I'll be back with more as we get ready to talk some Nationals baseball with with Byron Kerr in about 20 minutes from now. Don't go away. I'll be back in just a couple of minutes here on Fantasy Sports Today.
0: The morning line. If somebody can make six, seven figures being a professional esports player, somebody's going to pay you millions of dollars to play a video game on a competitive level. You are a definite professional, and I would absolutely think most of athletics twenty percent athleticism, eighty percent mental, guys. Weekdays six to seven a.m. Eastern on the FNTSY Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
5: Fantasy Sports Today
1: with
2: Craig Mish. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish here with you. If you have any fantasy players on the Washington Nationals or you're a fan of the Nationals, you want to stay tuned because coming up in 15 minutes from now, Byron Kerr will be with us here on Masson. So if you're listening to the show on demand... Make sure you like and subscribe our show. That's the best way to listen to us on iTunes, Android, however you do it. Stitcher's a cool app as well. I was introduced for the first time since I started doing this show because, believe it or not, a lot of you guys actually listen on Stitcher too. So all of these different places that Mike Cardano told me about, I am learning, understanding, and using their interface so I can become educated just like you when you were listening to our show. And I get messages, hey – Uh, where can I hear this or how about this? Will this be posted? I am uh, in the same boat as you, the digital technology and the world of podcasting. Certainly I have my own podcast on iTunes called Swings and Mishes where I do the Marlins and Major League Baseball. But this show, in essence, is kind of a podcast as well. So for those of you who are listening, make sure, again, you like and subscribe to this. And especially on iTunes, I know for a fact, because most of the people that I know who listen to this show that are my friends – all they do is subscribe to it, and it comes immediately to their phone. They pop in their earbuds, and they can hear the show 24 hours a day, seven days a week, almost like an hour after the show ends live. So a pretty cool element to that. All right. Now, before we get back into some baseball and some fantasy baseball, every day here on the show, we give you the opportunity to determine what I talk about in a future segment And we've been doing that now, and we've been having some fun with it as well. Some really fun kind of offbeat topics as well as some sports ones in arguably one of the slower times of the year. But you guys don't think so because you're giving me good response. So let's continue that show as we play our little game here on this Friday of You Make the Call. You Make the Call. Hello! Okay, on You Make the Call today... We've got three topics. We've got one basketball. We've got two baseball. I'm going to give you the opportunity to weigh in on each one. Don't forget, at FNTSY Radio, at Craig Mish. Those are places that you can find this daily poll. And instead of the poll being something that you vote on, it's something that we keep interactive. You have a chance to tell me what to discuss. So our first topic of the day or first choice of the day is Chris Paul of the now Oklahoma City Thunder. Will Paul end up staying with the Thunder? I will touch on that and kind of read between the lines here. We'll have a little fun, have that NBA discussion. This could be the last time we hit heavy on the NBA for a while here. Like, like we got football coming, second half of baseball. I think that was the final shoe to drop with this trade, unless Chris Paul ends up going somewhere. Then we'll be right back down this road again next week, which is fine. So that's topic A. Topic B, you can only have one guy on your fantasy team the rest of the season. Imagine having both of these. Yikes. But you could only have one on your fantasy team, and you could either have Cody Bellinger or Christian Yelich, but you can't have both. Ooh, we got to make a decision on one of the two. So that is choice B. I will give you who I think that you should own in the second half of the season. That is for sure. And then choice C will be, will the Boston Red Sox make the postseason? I think there is a good debate to be had on both sides of this. And I'm not talking about somebody from Boston calling in, saying that they're a Red Sox fan and that's why they're going to make it. I am not going that route. That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is, do they legitimately have the horses? And will they go all in at the trade deadline and acquire some more? Will that end up happening? It's a good question. I don't know. So, either way, those are our three topics. Chris Paul staying in Oklahoma City. Cody Bellinger or Christian Yelich's second half. Who do you want? Will the Red Sox end up making it to the postseason? Those are our three topics here on the show. Vote early. Vote often. At FNTSY Radio. At Craig Mish. At Sports Grid. At Fantasy Sports Network. We post it there. And you guys vote, and then we do that segment. We'll do it in the second hour of the show. Speaking of the Red Sox, there seems to be a lot of discussion about buy low players, sell high players. That's what we do this time of the year because we we don't have any baseball. And we just kind of dive into who could do what in the second half. And let me give you my guy who I think is going to end up having the biggest second half in, in terms of just straight up let's say, home runs, runs driven in. And that, for me, is J.D. Martinez to the Boston Red Sox. J.D. last year hit 43 home runs, 130 runs driven in. He led the majors in total bases. He hit 330. His OBP was 402. Now, I don't think that anybody expected him to hit 40 and drive in 130 again. But his numbers are a pretty much online With where they were last year, and if this guy ends up playing 75 games the rest of the way, I think that he's going to hit at least 20 to 25 home runs in the second half. I think his batting average is going to go up at least 10 or 15 points. I think his on-base percentage is going to go up at least 10 or 15 points. Now, the RBIs are hard to quantify. I've said that many times before. And offensively, the Red Sox are not having the same season as they did last year. So he had 130 runs driven in last year. He's only got 48 this year. His pace is a little bit under 100. I think he will hit 100, but let's get real. He's not going to have, what would it be, 90 RBIs? 82 RBIs in the second half. That's not happening, okay? But that is one of the players that I think could have a major impact in fantasy. And if I was picking up a player, that's, that's, that's the guy that I would target. If I just need an injection of offense and I had to get one of the stars, that's probably the guy that I would be my main target or one of my main targets. Now, the good news for him, at least this year and even going into next year, is he's still going to qualify in the outfield. He's played 54 games a designated hitter, and 24 games in the outfield. What's happening with J.D. Martinez is eventually he's going to become the uh, utility player. Not in reality, but in fantasy. I think that's going to end up happening here, unless he opts out of his contract and signs somewhere in the NL. But his his outfield numbers are going down consistently. Look at this. In 2017, he played a total of... Let's see, a total of 60 games, it looks like, in the... uh, Oh, no, I'm sorry, 113 games in the outfield in 2017. In 2018, with the Red Sox, he played a total of 57 games in the outfield. In 2019, he's played only a total of 24 games in the outfield. Now, look, if there's the Universal DH, that won't affect fantasy, because he'll only qualify at the utility position, but it does give him a longer shelf life, and he could opt out and sign with another team this offseason if he chose to. But if you just simply double the amount of games that he played in the outfield in the first half, which you really can't do, but let's just say that we did, best-case scenario, that only gives him a total of 48 games played in the outfield in 2019. Imagine in 2020, if that number goes below 25, then you may start getting a guy that's not going to qualify in the outfield in fantasy. But for the time being, we don't have to worry about that. If I'm in a keeper league, I'm really probably, this is the only scenario where I would shop Martinez. But in every other fantasy league, head-to-head, points leagues, 12-teamers, 15-team leaguers, I think this guy's going to have the biggest offensive season potentially in uh, in the second half. So that's somebody to target for you. Uh, the In terms of rankings for players in the second half, look, you can go 100, you can go 200 deep. I don't know how people normally do it, but I'll give you my top five performers who I think in the second half of the year. Now, I don't want to ruin our You Make the Call segment. That's something I don't want to do, but I'll just give you these five in no particular order. Here are my top five second-half fantasy baseball guys, and it should be no shock except for maybe one of them. Uh, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, and Max Scherzer. Those are the, the five that I got. Now, you may say to yourself, if you're going to pick JD Martinez to be such a second half star, what about Mookie Betts? Now, Mookie Betts' numbers are, are really down across the board as compared to last year. And I think that we may have seen Mookie Betts' best year last year. That doesn't take away anything from him. He's still a great player. Still an all-star. One of the best players in the league. But last year, 32 home runs. He's got 13 this year. Last year, 346 average, 272 this year. Last year, 30 stolen bases, only 10 this year. Uh, He leads the league in runs. He led the league in runs last year. I I don't think those numbers are coming close to what they were. I still think he'll be an excellent second-half player. But think about it. If Betts doubles his home run total, if he hits 15 in the second half, drives in an extra five runs, steals an extra couple bases, lifts his batting average 20 or 30 points, he's still not coming anywhere close to what he did last year. He's just not. But I still think he has to be considered among the top five or six best fantasy bets uh, as in Mookie bets for the second half. And we'll certainly see as the Red Sox try to make that run. And one of the questions that you can answer with me here on the show and you make the call is, will the Red Sox make the postseason? Will they actually get there? It's a really good question. They probably have to add players and subtract some minor league assets to potentially maybe only make the wild card. That's a decision that a lot of teams are going to have to make sooner this year coming up on July 31st as opposed to August 31st. So we'll touch on the Red Sox if you guys choose to do that as well. But coming up next, Byron Kerr covers the Washington Nationals. They've got a big series coming up this weekend. And I've known Byron for a number of years doing pre- and post-games for Masson. He's going to join us on the show. We'll talk about where the Nationals are at, what's up with Anthony Rendon. Will he be extended? Is Scherzer going to be the guy we saw in the last month, or is he going to be the guy we saw in April in the second half? All these questions we'll answer next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And I'll be back with more fantasy discussion, Nationals discussion. That's coming up next. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes here on Fantasy Sports Today.
4: Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% EPR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon, including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospots, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing.
0: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
2: Gray Albright of com.
1: Bryce Harper is
0: basically like a 32 homer, 10 steal, 250 hitter.
4: Like, uh, uh,
0: okay, I mean, that's fine. It's not terrible. It that is no longer a top 15 bat at all, especially
4: with the way everyone's hitting.
2: All right, welcome back. It is fantasy sports today. Gray Albright was on our show talking about Bryce Harper yesterday. We'll mix in that conversation today with Byron Kerr, who, of course, covers the Washington Nationals for Masson Sports. You can follow him on Twitter, at Masson Kerr. Nationals and Phillies start a series this weekend. And, Byron, great to catch up with you. Thanks for coming on the show. How are
5: you? Oh, yeah, good to talk to you again. Thanks, Craig, for having me on.
2: No, of course, Byron. Well, uh, look, the Nationals have really been one of the best teams in baseball over the last couple of months. I feel like in the month of April, things didn't go well. And then all of a sudden, things have really picked up. I mean, to the point where people are just penciling the Nationals in for a postseason spot. I know we can't do that, certainly. But what do you think the biggest keys to the turnaround have been?
5: Well, obviously, at the beginning of the season, the bullpen was just an absolute mess. It's kind of serviceable now because Mike Rizzo's done a lot of work in bringing in Fernando Rodney, Tanner Rainey, um, um, Johnny Venters, some guys that that weren't with the team before the season started. And and Rainey was obviously a trade with Tanner Roark, and he's been able to try to figure out the eighth inning. That's been their major problem is getting to Doolittle, is bridging to Sean Doolittle, their closer, and the other thing is that all the uh, guys that were injured during the beginning of the year, guys like Trey Turner and Anthony Rendon, Ryan Zimmerman, who were very important players, missed a, a good portion at the beginning of the season. So they went out 19-31, and 31, obviously, as you know, and now they've really rolled uh, since then to get back into the race in the East in and, and a huge series starting tonight here in Philadelphia. But I think the, the big key is, is the offense is, has been able to do a lot better, and I think the, the key is Trey Turner at the top of the lineup. Having him back and having him be consistent at the top of the lineup to get on base and create offense for them, and and his defense is now, after the broken finger has prepared itself, is now back to where it needed to be because that was one of the big struggles is that the shortstop defense was awful, and they were having some real problems trying to figure out how to cover for Trey Turner when he was out. Juan Soto's been able to relax and be himself. Anthony Rendon having an all-star year, as he saw, even though he's been dealing with a left quad and hamstring. He's a very important part of their hitting lineups, and you know it's it's a relentless offense like you remember from 2016 and 2017, where you get through the first four guys somehow, and then five to eight are now starting to hit as well. So that makes it very difficult on the opposing pitcher.
2: Byron, you you mentioned Turner, and he, he you know over the last few years, last year of course he played every game, but he's had these kind of little injuries, and I would say freakish injuries that have happened that have kept him out. But for our purposes, as you know, Byron, steals are such a big aspect of his game and what we play in our fantasy world. And he led the league last year with 43. There were some people in, in the draft season, in our fantasy draft season, that were saying they could see Turner stealing 60, 70 bases. He only has 17 this year, so I would wonder... Uh, are we just seeing an era of baseball where no one is going to steal 50, 60 bases, or is there still a chance that we could see another 30 steals in 75 games from Turner the rest of the way? How do you think that approach should be?
5: Well, I I think from just a, from a team standpoint, Davey Martinez likes to be very aggressive. They did a lot of of stealing when he was healthy before and slowly, slowly starting to get back on the horse now again, but that's the way he wants his offense to run is he wants Turner to run, Eaton to run. He wants uh, Victor Robles to run at the bottom of, of the lineup. He'll even give Soto a chance every once in a while. But especially at the top of the lineup, he wants Turner to be to be moving a lot and attacking the other team. So, yeah, 17 stolen bases, obviously way low in just 50 games for him. So if he was healthy, absolutely he could get to 60 or so. But I think that's the issue is that, you know, can these guys stay healthy for an entire season? You know, that Ricky Henderson-type inning uh, season is not going to be happening as much as you would see back in the 80s or something like that. And I think it's a, a day and age maybe where, <clears throat> you know, they wait for the big home run or they wait for the big extra base hit and then they go first to or third or, or something like that instead of stealing all the time. But if he's healthy, absolutely, I think he's capable of it. I mean, I wrote about that last season that I thought he could get to that point. But now that he's been out for so many games, obviously it's going to be very difficult for him to reach something like that. And, but he will be running. He will be running a lot for – for the Nationals, and I, I don't think that anybody who's going to pick him up or, or is using him rather already on their fantasy lineup should give up on him stealing base because he will steal a lot here in the second half.
2: Yeah, one of the things that he does very well I've noticed is that when he steals, what he does steal second, he like has that adrenaline, and he like steals third sometimes. Like that, that's that's the one part of his game that seems to be different. You mentioned Robles for a minute, and Byron, he you know, he in our draft season was another one of those players, as we would say, that got a lot of helium, where he had that uh, good spring, and then everyone thought that he'd set the world on fire. Honestly, when the when the batter bats eighth, and I know Scherzer's a good hitter, Byron, but yeah. when you have a position player batting eighth, I just think that's like a, a no-win win. situation for anyone, and Robles has not shown the ability yet to get on base consistently. He's got a very low on-base percentage, and I know he's still very young, and we're we're poking holes at somebody probably that we shouldn't have. But do you think that there's a lot more in his game that we haven't seen because of those factors? And if so, why do you think that that has been?
5: Well, I mean, I think he needs to still show a lot of plate discipline, and, and that's probably why he's not the leadoff hitter yet for the Nationals. And uh, a lot of times he'll show that, and he'll show that he has the power to hit to all fields. But another time, in a critical leverage, risky situation, he will, pit, he will swing at the first pitch, Greg, and that's a major issue with Dave Martinez. Is that uh, you know he doesn't get to see many pitches as you said with Scherzer below him or, or any other starting pitcher, and uh, you know and when that comes to that part of the oppor- uh, of the uh, lineup and he doesn't get as many opportunities at number eight, so sometimes he gets a little bit too anxious and goes after the first thing that he sees, and I think that's what keeps keeps his batting average and his on base percentage down a little bit, you know, as he tries to figure out he doesn't take many walks, you know it's, it's something that. You know, unless they're intentional, obviously. So I, I think his plate discipline is something that that the coaching staff is always looking at for Victor Robles to try to uh, be smart about his at bats and take advantage of the situation, figure out where he wants to hit, uh, you know, where the defense is set up and where he can get as many guys on base. So I think that's an issue right now is not not swinging at the first pitch, but he's learning and he's doing a nice job you know, every once in a while coming up with the clutch hit. So there is there is an opportunity for him to grow in that in that spot. And uh, that's what they like about him at the number eight is Davey says, you know, it's my it's my leadoff man, you know, for the second time to do the order. So he likes him as that leadoff man, you know, if they can flip it around, somehow get or to sacrifice or something like that and keep the keep the line moving in an inning.
2: Byron Kerr is with us, at Masson Kerr. A couple of more questions for Byron. He's got to go cover a game tonight between the Phillies and Washington Nationals. Uh, I don't really need to spend a ton of time on the starting pitching, Byron, because it's it's pretty much elite <laughs> in baseball. I mean, Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, and Ebel Sanchez have been pretty good. Look, the Nationals are just going to have to figure out the fifth starter one way or the other, and, and so does every major league team, to be honest with you. But the bullpen, as you mentioned, Has been the interesting dynamic with Washington. Running out Rosenthal is no longer an option. Uh, I've seen Bearclaw for many years here in Miami. Of course, the Nationals acquired him to be a high-leverage guy. That hasn't worked out so well. And then all of a sudden, here comes Fernando Rodney, Byron, as a possibility in the 7th, 8th, and maybe even ninth inning. If I'm a fantasy owner of Doolittle, do I have to own Rodney also? Or is there someone else there? And potentially, do you think that on the 31st of July... The Nationals will attack the trade market in the bullpen. If there
5: is someone available, on July thirty first, Mike Rizzo is certainly going to, have to try to find them. But it doesn't seem like the market is very heavy into getting the top quality eighth inning or ninth inning guy to be your closer for the eighth inning, if you will. The problem I'm worried about is that Sean Doolittle was overworked in the first half of the inning uh, after the first half of the season because Davey Martinez was pretty much managing for his job in a lot of those games. So we're already. Doolittle has 39 appearances. He had 43 the entire season last year, but he was injured for a great period of that time. And he seemed to me that he was really wearing down at the end of the first half. Fernando Rodney is very upset that people think that he's over the hill, that he can't throw anymore because of what happened with the Oakland A's. At 42, he says he still has a lot left, and he showed that he can hit 97 miles per hour. And you know he is going to be the eighth inning guy for them until he collapses. Um, this is the guy, that, you know, that Mike Rizzo has a lot of confidence in. And, you know, they're hoping you know, to in every once in a while at a specialist role in the late innings. But, yeah, I mean, can Rodney hold up for the entire season? I don't know. That's going to be a tough question to ask. But he seems to be very motivated for this opportunity and has certainly shown in the first few times that we've been able to see him that he still has the stuff and that he was able to hit his spots better than he was and was less hittable than he was with the Oakland A's at the beginning of the year. So Rodney is the choice. I would ride that as long as you possibly can if you're a fantasy owner. And, yes, absolutely handcuff him to Shaw Doolittle.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because the Nationals, as you said, Byron, were kind of left for dead after April, and now here they are. And you're right, a monster series this week with Philadelphia. Imagine one team sweeping the other and what that would do in the standings. It would be nuts. So uh, enjoy the series. Thank you so much, Byron, as always, for coming on the shows that I've done. Really appreciate it. Great to catch up with you here. And we'll catch you on the tube and uh, and online and, and, and talk soon, okay?
5: Thanks, Mister. Yeah, absolutely. Great to talk to you again.
2: All right, Byron Kerr with us. At Masson Kerr on Twitter gets the fantasy game, the reality game, and really has helped us through the years kind of parse through what's going on with the Washington Nationals, some really interesting comments there on the bullpen there too. And the point that I would make and kind of double down on is that Rizzo's not afraid to make trades. He's not afraid to make moves. We saw him make a bunch of them last year, including when they felt that they were out of it, trading Daniel Murphy to the Chicago Cubs. Will the Nationals make that move to really try and stick it to the Phillies? Because I think it's clear at this point in the NL East that the Atlanta Braves are the class of the division. But let's not rule out Philadelphia making a run. Let's not rule out the Nationals making another stronger run than they've already made. And if that indeed is going to be the case, how does it affect fantasy? Well, if Doolittle is a little bit taxed, and Fernando Rodney is the backup, and this is no disrespect to Rodney, he's right. He had been throwing well in the eighth inning. Is there a chance that Washington could go after an Alex Calame? Could they go after a Shane Green? Could they go after a Will Smith? Could they go after a Sergio Romo? A lot of possibilities there to see what the Nationals end up doing. And I think that you know, from talk, from listening to Byron talk, I'm I'm not necessarily worried about Doolittle. I don't I don't think that is the word because now he just got a week break, so that's good. But, man, I didn't realize that he only threw 43 games last year. He's already got 39 games pitch. That's a pace for 80? Hmm. Something we'll have to keep an eye on for sure in the second half of the season. In our second hour of our fantasy sports show today, here on Fantasy Sports Today, we're going to catch up with our friend John Lobb, who's going to give us our first take on Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tagalova. Yes, college football is about a month away in August. I can't wait for the University of Florida to take on the University of Miami and all the great college football games. And I played college football in John's Leagues last year, some best ball leagues. I'll do the same thing again this year. It's a blast on Saturdays for me. I'm just locked into football on Saturday and Sunday. And why not play fantasy if you can on Saturday, too? That's always my thing. I don't know why college doesn't get a lot of run. Maybe because there's just so much uh, northeast coast bias. I have no idea, but... Saturdays are great and arguably as much fun as Sundays for me. So, coming up in our second hour, we'll talk to Johnny Lobb about who he thinks in college football should be the top overall pick in fantasy. But coming up next, our first hour of the show, what did you miss and why did you miss it? Don't worry. Play a little highlight for you when we come back next. You're listening to FNTSY's Fantasy Sports today. I'm Craig Mish, and we'll be back right after this. Don't go away.
3: Eight hundred nine six one thirty six thirty one. 961 3631 800-961-3631, 961 3631
0: 961 3631 DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice, we play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
2: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. J.D. Martinez of the Boston Red Sox. J.D. last year hit 43 home runs, 130 runs driven in. He led the majors in total bases. He hit 3.30. His OBP was 4.02. Now, I don't think that anybody expected him to hit 40 and drive in 130 again, but his numbers are pretty much online with where they were last year, and if this guy ends up playing 75 games the rest of the way, I think that he's going to hit at least 20 to 25 home runs in the second half. I think his batting average is going to go up at least 10 or 15 points. I think his on-base percentage is going to go up at least 10 or 15 points. Now, the RBIs are hard to quantify. I've said that many times before. And offensively, the Red Sox are not having the same season as they did last year. So he had 130 runs driven in last year. He's only got 48 this year. His pace is a little bit under 100. I think he will hit 100, but let's get real. He's not going to have, what would it be, 90 RBIs, 80, 82 RBIs in the second half. That's not happening, okay? But that is one of the players that I think could have a major impact in fantasy. And if I was picking up a player, that's 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 the guy that I would target. If I just need an injection of offense and I had to get one of the stars, that's probably the guy that I would make my main target or one of my main targets. Now- Byron Kerr, who of course covers the Washington Nationals for Masson Sports, you can follow him on Twitter at Kerr. Are we just seeing an era of baseball where no one is going to steal 50-60 bases, or is there still a chance that we could see another 30 steals in 75 games from Turner the rest of the way? How do you think that approach should be? From a team
5: standpoint, Davey Martinez likes to be very aggressive. They did a lot of, of stealing when he was healthy. Before and slowly, slowly starting to get back on the horse now again. But that's the way he wants his offense to run. Is he wants Turner to run, Eaton to run, he wants uh, Victor Robles to run at the bottom of, of the lineup. He'll even give Soto a chance every once in a while, but especially at the top of the lineup, he wants Turner to be to be moving a lot and attacking the other team. So yeah, 17 stolen bases, obviously way low in just 50 games for him. So if he was healthy, absolutely he could get to 60 or so. But I think that's the issue is that. You know, can these guys stay healthy for an entire season? You know, I don't think that anybody who's going to pick him up or, or is using him, rather, already on their fantasy lineup should give up on him. Be amazing,
2: because you will feel a lot here in the second half. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today, hour number two, if you're listening live, or if you're listening on demand.